Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, my beautiful friends? Nick Carlisle here, ex-high school teacher turned holistic life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Life Enchanted. I hold my master's degree in education, and that is exactly the purpose of this podcast, to help educate you about all things faith, health, interesting, and optimizing. If you haven't already, go check out my Instagram, at nick.carlisle, that is. I am very active on there and would love to connect with you personally. Also, please consider leaving a rating and review of this podcast on whatever platform you're using. That helps me grow the show and spread the word. And lastly, I have a free 25-page wellness guide on my website that I think you'll find a ton of value in. Feel free to download yours at www.mylifeenchanted.com connect. With that said, let's get into the episode. My guest for this episode is the incredible Michael Angel, and if you are into functional wellness, you are in for a treat here, my friends. Michael is a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, or FDNP. He specializes in helping people thrive in their health, really, and he does this through functional lab work and personalized nutrition and optimizing through gut health. Michael knows a lot about this stuff, and it was super fun to have him on. This will not be the last time we have a chat. We talk about a variety of things in this episode, most of which are very practical and helpful, and I hope that you can implement some of this knowledge into your life to help get you to that next level. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my dude, Michael Angel. To get started, man, I would love to have you just kind of familiarize yourself with the listeners. Talk to us about your story, man. What's brought you here? Yeah, a lot of things. Um, I would say everything in my life was pretty much crystal clear. I didn't really care about health growing up. Um, I ate a lot of processed foods and as a consequence, got a lot of sinus congestion, strep throat almost every single year, but never thought anything of it because Mm -hmm. everyone in our generation in the 90s was kind of having the same thing. So a bunch of antibiotics and stuff like that. And as a kid, I always had like a sensitivity to my gut. Um, I remember going on first dates and just like couldn't eat the food. So I would always like get really anxious and nervous leading up to big moments and immediately it would downregulate my digestion. So from a very early age, my sensitivity and my anxieties manifested in my gut. Um, Hmm. but yeah, never, never really thought too much of that. Just knew that like when I planned a first date, I probably shouldn't have it, um, at a restaurant (laughs) because I wouldn't be eating any of the food. My date would be confused, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my first inclination, but it wasn't until college where that processed food and that lifestyle really started to catch up to me. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just remember one time going out and I was gelling my hair. Like we all used to do with like this really toxic gel that would just like, yeah, make your hair stick straight up. And I just started noticing hair just coming out pretty frequently in my hands. Like and then when I would shampoo my hair, I was just like losing quite a bit of hair. Hmm. And everyone in my family, and my last name is Angel, and they call it the Angel Halo. We, it's, it runs in our family that we go bald. So it wasn't like, um, it just happened way too early for me. Yeah. It was like starting at like 19 or 20. And so you're like, what's going next on? Next thing you know. Exactly. Yeah. It felt like something was off. Like people started commenting on it. Then I got started getting more insecure about it. So I went to my doctor and I'm like, Hey, what's going on, man? And so they're like, yeah, there's this great drug Propecia. There's like a generic form of it for Nisteride that will only cost you like five, $10 a copay. It's just like a hormonal thing. It's a genetic thing. Didn't ask me about my diet. Didn't ask me about my lifestyle, my sleeping habits. Didn't test my hormones to see like what a baseline was. So mm-hmm. Uh, That was kind of a red flag, but I was so detached and removed from like natural lifestyle. I just like got a cold, I got an antibiotic and took care of it. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I started getting on this medication and within like three months, my hair stopped falling out, gone. And I was like, cool, well, that solved that problem pretty easily. 
And now I'm going about in same lifestyle, still drinking on mm. Fridays, Saturdays, and sometimes on Tuesdays, living the total life, like eating Subway sandwiches. And mm-hmm. now my hair's not falling out, so it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I started getting like acne, mm-hmm. like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like in high school, I had acne, but like it was just kind of gone when puberty kind of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. balanced out for me. And then I just like went to the doctor again. I'm like, hey, man, I'm getting acne. Like, do you think any of this stuff's correlated that I'm taking? And he's like, oh, no, adult acne is pretty common. Again, didn't ask me about my diet, didn't ask me about my sleeping, mm-hmm. none of my lifestyle. So next thing you know, I'm on antibiotics for that. I'm on a bunch of topical creams, retinoids, salicylic acid, benzoyl peroxides. And it just became this obsession. Like the skin was worse than the hair thing Mm. for me personally, because it's just like front and center and it's painful and it's, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. So after, you know, a couple of years of doing that, I went on Accutane and I don't know if anybody in the listeners, just a quick little update on Accutane. It's a severe form of uh, synthetic vitamin A. You have to be on like uh, blood work monthly to monitor your liver enzymes because it's really hard on your liver. Um, but for people with really severe cases of persistent acne, it can completely dry out your sebaceous glands and clear up your acne. Hmm. And so that's one of the mechanisms of Accutane is it literally dries out the skin, dries out the body, and it's somewhat of a semi-permanent effect as well. Like wow. the long, yeah, I've dealt with a lot of dryness issues since then, dry sinuses, dry eyes, and mm. yeah, we'll kind of get into that yeah. in a little bit. But at 26, I was kind of just fed up. I was done with uh, pharmaceuticals that just felt like I took pharmaceutical, got one side effect, and then had to take another one for the other side effect. And at 26 years old, it was my birthday. I went into my barber and I go, you know what? I think it's time. And he's like, it's time for what? I'm like, it's time to shave my head. And he's like, really? Mm-hmm. He's like, Jerrica, come out here. I've been going to this barber for like 10 years. He's like, Michael's going to finally shave his head. He's it's doing like it. a big moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I figured that was like my birthday gift to myself was like finally just meeting my maker here and just like shaving my head and like, lo and behold, I have a really good shaped head. You do. And it like <laughs> it really worked out. Yeah. <laughs> and like the reaction from everybody in the barbershop and everything was just like really affirming that like, oh, got it. Like I was running from this for such a long time and like just me confronting it, like it was very well received by my environment. People really were like, you should have done this a long time ago. Wow. And so now the hair loss thing was like a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. And like to seal this story, one last thing was I decided to go to yoga class that next um that next day on my birthday actual day and it was my first ever yoga class so i was really uncomfortable and the yoga teacher made a stand up at the beginning of class and he says okay i want you to go introduce yourself to someone you don't know and tell them what you did yesterday and so i'm scanning around the room people are quickly clicking up and like mm-hmm. finding people and i feel like this like oh like nervous guy and find this older lady named carol and we introduce ourselves and she goes so what did you do yesterday and I go, funny enough, I actually shaved my head in preparation for my birthday, which is today. And she looks at me like stunned, completely authentic and genuine. She goes, oh, my God, you have like the perfect shaped head. She like reached out to like touch it. She's like, you just look like you were meant to be bald. And right then I just finally felt accepted for my hair loss and being bald. And I just like cried and she hugged me. Wow. And then I went through an entire hour long yoga class. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is now like my journey is into natural medicine, healing my nervous system, healing my body naturally and ditching all the pharmaceuticals. And that was at 26 years old. Wow. How rad, man. And shout out Carol. <laughs> yeah, Carol. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's awesome. And and what a beautiful analogy to just like the um, the quest of life as well. Just like the whole fighting what is and you know anxiety about what is stress and suppression of what is and then finally this moment of acceptance and surrender and then affirmation from the external world that just like affirms the path the journey the thoughts the beliefs the the new identity that feels right that's being born man that's that's freaking awesome yeah agreed how did you um how did you start to heal yourself man yeah i mean all the wrong ways first, you know, you have (laughs) to kind of find out what doesn't work to find out what does work. So yeah, I really started playing around with the diet and got really obsessed with like avoiding gluten and dairy, all the hot topics that you see just like 
um, on social media and just kind of perpetrated. And so I tried them all out. I tried the celery juice stuff. Mm -hmm. I tried eliminating every single food from my diet. Um, and then through all those things, I found the medicine within each and one of those and kind of found out how to use these as a tool in my toolkit. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yoga was a huge part of that for me, just like finding a place where I could intelligently move my body in a heated environment. Um, you know, there's a lot of criticism for yoga and like the spiritual and maybe in the religious environment, but I see it as like such an effective thing for the nervous system and for the lymphatic system and for the fascia and for the body. Our body stores so much tension and yoga is like an intelligent, systematic, ancient technology to help move the body in a heated room with breath and connecting that to the movement. I haven't found anything quite like that. That makes me feel radically different within an hour. So mm. I would say that was like a pinnacle part of my journey was just kind of moving my body and being in a community of people that are also kind of on this healing path. Yeah was probably the most pivotal shift for me. Mm -hmm. Was it like a feeling that all of a sudden you started experiencing that was like, holy moly, this is a, a different aspect of life that I've never really given time to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was being in a community full of people. Um, yeah. it was sweating profusely. Yes. Like I hadn't sweated in a gym. Yeah. You know, my, my prior exercises was like going into the gym and doing chest and try back and by yeah. shoulders and legs. You know what yeah. I mean? That was like how I mm -hmm. adopted exercise in my, you know, twenties. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So this was like a completely earth shattering thing. Next thing you know, we're oming and we're chanting and using the voice mm -hmm. and just like a forward fold, the sense salutations, the movement of like forward folding and standard, yes. you're moving the lymphatic fluid up and down your spine. Yes, and dude. I would just walk out of there just feeling like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. And then you're like met with people that are also feeling like a million bucks and like, oh, you should meet my friend Carol. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, and it's like, dude. <laughs> we're all getting along and. Yeah. Talk talk about nervous system healing or just the importance of the nervous system. And I'm I'm asking that because like you, I was just so blind to what like true holistic wellness entailed, mental wellness, physical wellness, what it, what it really entailed. And as I've grown and learned and failed, what's been highlighted and illuminated for me is the importance of the nervous system and the health of the nervous system. Why is that so important for our wellness, man? Because we live in a super stimulated cerebral society where it's, you know, we're constantly being bombarded with information, uh, cell phone, radiation, mm -hmm. everything in our society is stimulating. And so mm -hmm. really the luxury of the modern main, like age is silence and stillness mm -hmm. and like in every moment being intentional about your chewing of your food yes and your breathing and um yeah i you know to circle back to how i got started i would say like if anyone's getting started in their health and wellness journey i think you should just start with the nervous system and just getting yourself to understand what it feels like to be in a sympathetic fight or flight state yes, dude and then what it feels like to be regulated in a parasympathetic rest and digest state because here's the deal you can have a hundred different symptoms and almost every single one of them is related to nervous system dysregulation yes so if you want the biggest return on investment in your overall health it's being able to get yourself in a parasympathetic rest and digest state like on command because you're not supposed to live there mm -hmm. or else you wouldn't get anything done yeah unfortunately yeah right so we're meant to oscillate between fight or flight and rest and digest however i feel like our society stays way too much in a sympathetic state and doesn't know how to like regulate their reactions to their environment mm -hmm. so that's been really helpful for me and here's the deal and i can i'm sure you can relate to this the deeper you go down this rabbit hole of health and wellness the more anxious and stressed you inevitably become because you're like, oh my God, glyphosate's in the rainwater? Yes, oh my, dude, you know, like. Yes. <laughs> glyphosate's in the rainwater. Yes, dude. As the island of knowledge grows, do, uh, what is it? As the island of knowledge grows, so do the shores of ignorance. And mm. it's like, dang, as, yeah, as I go deeper down this, I'm realizing, oh no, oh no, oh yeah. yeah you know, there's glyphosate in the rainwater. You know, yeah. I need to throw out my roundup in the, in the garage. 
Um, yeah. But I think yeah. I totally agree with you that it, it really comes down to nervous system regulation and being first off just being aware of what the nervous system is how come in high school i was never taught the difference between parasympathetic activity and sympathetic activity and that the whole reason i'm so anxious on stage or anxious when i'm going up to give my presentation is because my body thinks there's a threat and my physiology is responding to that and i'm freaking out and i can't focus and i can't concentrate and i can't talk as opposed to Okay, that's just that that's that's just a um reaction from the body, natural. Can I separate from that? Can I be aware that it's sympathetic activity and then utilize tools to help calm me down and get me present and get me creative and help me, you know, get into flow. What are some of yeah. those you've mentioned yoga as a powerful way to kind of find that center and bring awareness and I can totally relate to everything you've said about yoga especially as it being one of the most difficult forms of exercise in existence. <laughs> I spent my whole life playing sports and doing crazy exercises but there is nothing like a a yoga session. Um yeah. And it's definitely helped bring a newfound awareness to my breath and the movements of my body and connection and presence. But what other ways have you found to really help modulate the nervous system and what helps you? Yeah. So I would say the first one is the breath. Mm -hmm. It feels like the one tool in our body that is automatic. It was going on this entire podcast. And then the second you heard me say the word breath, you immediately started paying attention to it and probably you were breathing really shallow Mm -hmm. and really fast Mm -hmm. and very frequent. And the best way to kind of like down-regulate the nervous system and get you out of fight or flight is to start slowing the exhales down, Mm -hmm. start extending the exhales as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Because frequent inhales is like the gas on the gas pedal, so to speak, Mm -hmm. in your body. And then the exhale is like letting on the brake Mm -hmm. or letting off the gas pedal. Mm. And then Andrew Huberman, neuroscientist at Stanford says, and then the break in this analogy is a sigh. Mm -hmm. So you'll notice some people just like, (sighs) Mm -hmm. let out this big exhale. Like that is, in my opinion, the break. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you really do want to get energized and you're like more in a super relaxed parasympathetic state, and you know, you got to get online for a podcast or a Mm -hmm. zoom meeting, actually doing some extended inhales like some Wim Hof breathing like Mm -hmm. can really energize the body Mm -hmm. and then if you need to calm it down Mm -hmm. extending the exhales and slowing the breath down Mm -hmm. I think if we were taught that in high school it would have avoided a lot of conflict and (laughs) anxiety and panic attacks absolutely man absolutely that's it so extended exhales for slowing down for getting present and extended inhales for ramping up. Mm-hmm. Do you incorporate yeah. breath holds with ramping up? Yeah, um, with myself personally, mm-hmm. I've like worked up to that mm-hmm. type of type of work. And then equally, you got to meet people where they're at. As I'm, I'm sure you are aware, like some people just paying attention to their breath is stressful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And so just creating an awareness around the breath first of like it coming in and out of the body, not trying to control it because a lot of people feel like they're in a state of control all the time. Mm-hmm. So you give them one more thing that they have to control and it's, it's too much. Totally. Totally. You know? Yeah. So yes, uh, breath holding is more like an advanced technique that can be really, really good for like developing some trust in the body and to like alleviate some stress. Like you're pulling it all in and you're holding it mm-hmm. and then, ah, oh, mm-hmm. and then you let it all out mm-hmm. really profound way of just like releasing stress, but it's like a cold plunge, you know, it's yes. like, it's, it's really difficult and the benefits of it happen when you get out of it. Absolutely. Quick pause, my friends, to shout out the sponsor of this show, Carbon California. And my goodness, do I love me some Carbon California. I'm becoming more and more intrigued and interested by the minimalist lifestyle, which is difficult in this Western materialistic suburbia world that I personally inhabit. So it's becoming more and more intriguing to me. Steve Jobs famously wore the same outfit every day so that he could, quote, minimize decision fatigue. And I think there's a lot of wisdom there. So I'm starting the process. The first place was my closet. Enter Carbon California. I wanted to find some shirts that were durable, that fit well, that looked good, that were versatile. 
and I found them. These are the holy grail of t-shirts that I've come across so far. They're only sold in one location in person, and that's in Carmel-by-the-Sea in Monterey, California. That's where I first saw them. They also have a website, carbon-california.com. These shirts are handmade in California. They are beautiful, all sorts of earth tones. I wear them to church. I wear them to dates. And I'm just planning on taking care of these shirts for the rest of my life and never wearing anything else. I have only worn these shirts for the last three weeks since I've had them. And you know that feeling when you are looking forward to the cup of coffee the next morning? I have that same feeling with these shirts. I go to sleep looking forward to putting another one of these on because they are just that crisp and comfy and awesome. I don't have a discount code for you. I don't have a deal for you. They are what they are. They're expensive, but they are well worth it, my friends. Check out the website, carbon-california.com. Ladies, your man will dig these shirts. Men, you will dig these shirts. They are amazing. They fit well. I love them. Again, I could not say enough good things, so go check them out. All right, guys, back to the show. Part of the work that you're doing now is is lab-based, and I know that that was a big part of, of your journey as well. Moving kind of from the nervous system uh, type stuff and, and yoga and all that to more like the the actual objective data stuff that we're looking at in regards to the body, what, what do you like to focus on? What do you like to look at? What do you like to have clients get tests on? What's important there? Yeah, I would say the three tests that I use in my practice with virtually every person, depending on what their ailment is, I try and steer them into three different tests. Number one, the hair tissue mineral analysis. Minerals are like the spark plugs for virtually every organ system in your body. Mm. If you don't have enough selenium and iodine coming into the body, you're likely going to have thyroid and hormonal issues because selenium and iodine are the precursors for thyroid hormone production, Hmm. right? If you don't have um, enough sodium coming into the diet, salt, then you're not going to be able to make hydrochloric acid. So you're going to have low stomach acid, poor digestion. If you don't have enough potassium, you're not going to have smooth muscle contractions. You're going to have more cramping in the body Mm. and in the intestines and in the muscles. So you'll be more tense and tight, more likely to deal with constipation. And you got things like magnesium, calcium. So that's kind of like if someone just wants to get started working with me, I always recommend the hair tissue mineral analysis. And the reason why is because minerals are like so depleted in our society. They're depleted in the soil. Mm. When you get stressed and you sweat and you're just like nervous or anxious, you're going to pee more frequently. Mm -hmm. It's just like a mechanism for the body because the kidneys and the adrenals are connected. The adrenal glands sit on top of your kidneys. And if your adrenals are constantly pumping out cortisol and then in fight or flight, Mm -hmm. it's going to stress those kidneys to keep dumping urine and electrolytes. So a lot of people that are in a chronic fight or flight state are very depleted in minerals because they're simply peeing them out, they're sweating them out, and then they're not repleting them back in. And the problem is we can't just get it from food alone anymore because the soils don't even feed the plants and the fruits Mm. and the vegetables to even have enough of the RDA, the recommended daily allowance. So if we weren't super stressed out and we were eating super good regenerative uh, fruits and vegetables, like maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. But there's just so much stress, environmental stress, mental and emotional stress. And the first thing that gets depleted in the body when you encounter that is minerals. So that would be the first thing. And then it also tests for heavy metals, which is really abundant in the soil and in our environment. Um, aluminum is very, very common. And these metals block the body from absorbing nutrition and minerals. Hmm. So think about antiperspirant deodorant. It's the first place I always like to uh, use this analogy. They put aluminum in that product because it blocks the glands from sweating, right? That's the antiperspirant part of the deodorant. So if you think about aluminum from that mechanism and it's in your soil, Mm -hmm. it's in so many facets of our environment, and you're got aluminum toxicity in your body, you're not going to be able to absorb the minerals from your food, from your electrolyte supplement. So you have to work on getting that aluminum out of the body so that then your cells can respirate and breathe and intake those minerals. Wow. And the cool thing is, is minerals will actually help you detox metals. 
Hmm. So, so hence start with the minerals and start with the minerals because you need to get that stuff out of the body and you need to replenish the spark plug, so to speak, for these organ systems to work appropriately. Mm -hmm. What are some ways to get minerals back in the body? I like to put, I mean, every morning I put a high quality sea salt in my water. Um, I have some she legit, some Pakistani she legit that I use. Um, but how would you advise someone get more minerals into their body yeah so the first place that i always start is what's your drinking water Mm -hmm. it's like the first question i usually ask a client and they're like oh i usually like a brita filter i use it and then some people are really advanced like no i actually get reverse osmosis from my natural foods co-op or at whole foods and stuff like that but then it stops there Mm -hmm. now reverse osmosis or distilled water is really great because it filters out everything. It filters out that aluminum. It fir- filters mm-hmm. out the birth, the glyphosate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It strips the water completely clean, which is great, but now it has no minerals. Mm. The water has no charge to it. The water won't even make it into the cell of the body unless it has these trace minerals in it because the minerals is what helps drive that into the cell, mm. right? And so the first thing I recommend people do is get clean, filtered, preferably reverse osmosis water and then add trace minerals like uh, back to the water. Add a pinch of sea salt mm-hmm. back to that water mm-hmm. so that that water can make it into the cells. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you'll notice is way more energy, mm-hmm. way more mental energy, physical energy, because that water is actually making it into your cells. Mm-hmm. Improved detoxification because in the cells is all this gunk, metals, yeah. toxins, and the water is the scrubbing agent, mm-hmm. right? Try washing dishes without water. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? Yeah. So these things uh, go into the cell when they are properly, the water's properly structured and mineralized. So first place to start is your water supply, mm-hmm. making sure it's clean, making sure it's mineralized. I like Omni Blue trace minerals mm. for my uh, liquid trace minerals to just add a couple, five to 10, 15 drops, depending on your hydration needs. Mm just to your basic water that you're drinking every time that you drink water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, on top of that, based upon what I see in the hair tissue mineral analysis, you can use targeted selenium, iodine, um, Mm. electrolyte powders. Mm -hmm. I really like Relight. Um, It's by the company Redmond's, who makes my favorite salt. Yeah, they have an electrolyte um, powder. Really, really good. Wow, because I've been using their salt for a while, that bag. Yeah. Yep. Dude, legit. Okay. So it's sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium, your four main macro minerals are in that relight electrolyte powder. Mm -hmm. It's got coconut water powder. So really, really effective for restoring the adrenal glands, making sure you're getting adequate amounts of magnesium, sodium, and potassium, these like building block minerals. So Mm -hmm. I think if anyone's starting and they just like want to get more hydrated and they're drinking all the time and they're peeing clear constantly... Peeing clear is a sign of dehydration. Okay. Say it again for the people in the back, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too many people focus on drinking too much. Like, like, make sure you're drinking a gallon of water a day or yeah. a certain amount of water. Mm-hmm. I'm so not for that, right? Yes, make sure you're drinking water, but make sure you're drinking mineralized water. Mm-hmm. And when you drink mineralized water and you bring in more salt, you bring in more potassium, you don't need as much water mm-hmm. because you get hydrated from the water that you're drinking. Yes. Now, if you're drinking filtered water and you're drinking a gallon of filtered water, you're actually going to dehydrate yourself. You're going to get headaches. You're going to get muscle cramps because your body's going to start flushing out these minerals. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it pulls out one thing that I've I've heard. I think I got this from um, weirdly. Uh, there's a a Netflix episode with um, Dan Aurelian. It's with uh, Zach Efron too, and they're in France mm. and they're talking about water. They're talking about this same concept, and I believe he said that the sh- water that is too pure, that is too stripped, that is too clean, that we drink, that isn't mineralized, it actually pulls the minerals from us. And does damage and and requires the minerals to work through us as opposed to structured water. Water that is mineralized provides it and replenishes us with those those minerals. So it's literally the complete opposite effect. Yep. And... I, I just literally did an HTMA, that's what the hair tissue mineral analysis uh, um, little acronym is, 
I did an HTMA review for a client this morning, and it's like the same pattern that I see. Very, very typical patterns that I see. There's only a couple one-off situations, but the typical pattern I see is super elevated calcium, super elevated magnesium, and depleted sodium and potassium. Hmm. So what that means is, is you got to think the hair is what's being excreted from the body. So you have to like interpret this test with that in mind that this is what's being like pushed out of the body. Right. Okay, yeah. And so you can make inference. It's not like, oh, I have too much magnesium. It's actually that your body's excreting too much magnesium. It's excreting lots of calcium. Now, where's calcium most uh, found? Bones. Your bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your bones, your teeth. Right. So why is it showing up in the hair? Hmm. Okay. So calcium will start to come out of the bone and minerals will start to come out of the bone when the body is under significant amounts of stress and it doesn't have the minerals necessary to deal with that stress like magnesium. You're burning through it so quickly, right? And this Mm. is the same way in plants. When the soil in plants is really high in calcium, they know that they need to add more magnesium and vice versa, Mm. right? These things have a delicate balance. So this is like an average person. They're drinking filtered water. They're not mineralizing it. Their body's going to start leaching minerals to try and structure that water to try and hydrate you because the water that you are drinking isn't even making it into your body. So the body is intelligently going into this backup mechanism of leaching minerals out of the bone, circulating it into the body as an effort to try and structure that water to try and get it hydrating your cells. Hmm. But over time, that's going to wear out your bones. It's going to wear down your teeth. Yeah. It's going to make you really arthritic. It's going to make your joints really hurt. And I came from an industry not too long ago where I was in um, medical sales for rehabilitation equipment. The amount of people that get knee replacement surgeries every single day would blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Hundreds a day just in Sacramento alone get a knee replacement. And why does it happen? Because literally the cartilage, mm-hmm. the bone, it's bone on bone. Their bone are, there's no more cartilage in their a tissue anymore. And so I believe a lot of that's happening because of literally chronic dehydration and mineral imbalances. Yeah, man. Wow. So if I'm hearing you correctly, then those tests showing the elevated magnesium one would think, oh, I need to cut back on magnesium, but it might be the opposite. It might be that you have you you don't have enough magnesium, therefore the body is searching for it and scraping for it wherever it can to put it out there to help the systems stay lubricated, whatever. And because it's doing that, it's actually excreting that magnesium into the, the hair or wherever. Into the hair, into the sweat, yeah. all, all the excretory fluids, Fascinating. essentially. Fascinating. Yeah. Right? So apart from, and, so that test, that hair mineral tissue analysis, mm-hmm. what, what other tests do you like? I love that one, by so, the way. I've never heard people talk about that and it makes so much sense to me. There's so, so much that you can learn from that. That's like literally just scratching the surface. You need to look at zinc. You need to look at copper, mm-hmm. iron. All these things are so important for immune function, for thyroid function, for metabolism. Mm-hmm. They're the spark plugs. So yeah. start there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely start there. The second place is, is if you have like outward digestive issues, gas, bloating, reflux, constipation, diarrhea, you're going to want to get a GI map stool test. Mm. Now, this is different than what you would get like through Viome or something that you could purchase online that's just like tells you what you your species are of bacteria that you have and like recommends a couple different vegetables or yeah. like supplement products and stuff. I think we're a long ways away from like really understanding the microbiome hmm. in that way mm-hmm. of like, oh, you're low in this species, so you need more apricots. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we're a little bit further away, but we've learned quite a bit about the microbiome through stool analysis. Why I like the GI map stool test is because it rules out parasites, Mm. bacterial infections like H. pylori, which is one of the biggest sources of acid reflux and just like upper um, digestive issues like burping, belching, indigestion, like feeling really, really full. Mm. H. pylori is a bacteria that like 60% of the population well, we all have it, but when it overgrows in the stomach, mm-hmm. spe- specifically, it causes ulcers. It's the leading cause of ulcers, and it suppresses stomach acid. 
So it can only live in a low acidic environment, right? So it's like, which one, the chicken or the egg? Is it the H. pylori is present because Mm -hmm. you have low stomach acid or is H. pylori reducing the stomach acid? And my belief is that it's both, meaning maybe there was an incident where you took Rolaids or Tums or proton pump inhibitors and uh, you suppressed your stomach acid because you had acid reflux, right? When in fact you have acid reflux because you have low stomach acid. Yeah. Now, let me just explain that for a second. When you eat food, the first phase of digestion is obviously in the mouth, but then it makes its way into the stomach. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If the stomach has low stomach acid, that food is going to ferment in the stomach. And then that will just, it's trying to break it down. It's fermenting, gurgling. You're getting a lot of burping, belching. It's like, almost feels like it's coming up. Yeah. The reason why it's not going down is because you don't have enough stomach acid for that to just emulsify and break down your food properly. Mm. You're either chewing your food too fast. You're inhaling your food. So you're like intaking a lot of air and you're drinking lots of water. Mm -hmm. You're drinking lots of water with your food, which is diluting your stomach acid. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I always recommend you can have a little bit of water prior, but during your meal, try to avoid drinking tons of liquids, Mm -hmm. especially ice water, cold water, things that are going to dampen and suppress your digestive fire. Mm -hmm. So- that's how you get the case of low stomach acid. Now you go to your doctor and they go, oh, you got reflux. Okay. Yeah. You got um, too much acid. So we're going to put you on an acid blocker, <laughs> which um, resolves the symptoms because it deals with the acid that's starting to gurgle up mm. the esophagus, mm. right? So it does symptomatically improve it, mm-hmm. but just like the hair loss pill that I told you about, yeah, right? It creates long-term damage, which you need stomach acid. It's your first line of defense. It helps break down your food and any of the bad stuff that's in your food, your stomach acid is your barrier and line of defense. Okay. So we can just pause right there just to like take that all in. Yeah, man. So much good stuff there. I mean, there's rabbit holes all over it too, like the cold water and digestion. And, you know, people like ice water with their dinner. And when you go to a restaurant, I usually have a couple glasses of water prior to the food coming out. Uh, Not realizing that I'm diluting a lot of the the chemicals in my stomach that are going to make this the the following hours a much more uh, uncomfortable experience. 100%. Yeah. Now, what I recommend instead is warm water. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your digestion and your body temperature in general likes to be warm. Now, there there are caveats to this, and Mm -hmm. we can talk about Ayurveda real quick, is there are people who are more fiery in nature, Mm -hmm. who have like over acidity issues. It doesn't apply to everybody. There are people that love spicy foods, that love coffee, that have a predisposition towards being more fiery in nature and having stronger digestive fire. But if you have gut issues, typically I see it as the opposite problem. Mm. They have low digestive function. They have compromised um, digestive fire, low stomach acid, that Mm -hmm. kind of presentation. Mm -hmm. And with those people, you really want to focus on warm waters, warm teas. Like Mm. right now in between meals, I'm drinking warm throat coat tea, Mm. game changer for people. Because not only does it have like the warming spices, like ginger and licorice and these things that really help kindle the digestive fire, it has slippery demulcents in them. Demulcents are like lubricating herbs like marshmallow and slippery elm, which help coat the lining of the stomach. Hmm. So in between meals, prior to meals, I recommend like throat coat tea or just like warm lemon water with a pinch of salt Mm -hmm. can really help kindle that digestive fire so that your stomach juices are nice and warm and they're producing, you're producing enough bile and hydrochloric acid. Whereas most people get served at the, with the waitress, they get served ice cold tap water. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, so good. Talk to me about digestive enzymes, man. I know that's that it's a popular supplement. It's a bunch of different companies that make them. It seemed to kind of gain more momentum as the the focus on gut health has gained more momentum, but should people be looking into digestive enzymes? Why are they helpful? Why not? 
So to circle back to that GI map stool test, another cool part yeah. besides ruling out bacterial infections and candida overgrowth, fungal overgrowth, parasites, and looking at your bacterial diversity, looking at opportunistic bacteria that are overgrown, like strep mm. is very common in people. So reoccurring in UTI infections, enterococcus, like a bunch of different bacteria associated with these types of chronic issues that people are dealing with. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. The GI map can give you a more comprehensive look at what's going on. So if you have reoccurrent UTI infections or gas and bloating or reflux, definitely recommend getting that. And then the last page, which is probably my favorite page, is called the intestinal health markers. And it tells you how well you're producing pancreatic enzymes. Mm. Your own stomach enzymes are produced from your pancreas and they help break down carbohydrates, proteins, fats, fibers, right? It's one of like three main stomach juices first one would be pancreatic digestive enzymes, mm -hmm. right? Second one would be stomach acid, which is predominantly used to help break down protein. Mm. Okay. And then the third one is bile, all very important. And people have varying issues with that. But bile, the last one is really good for breaking down fat and absorbing fat soluble nutrients and then helping with stagnation. It's like the detergent in the body. Mm. So if you have lots of bacterial overgrowth and fungal overgrowth and constipation and lots of stagnation, there's likely a liver bile issue going on. And you can assess that with the GI map stool test to see how well your liver's functioning with beta-glucuronidase markers, how well your pancreas, uh, pancreas is producing stomach enzymes with a marker called elastase. You can look at how leaky your gut is and how um, well your stomach lining is producing immunoglobulins, so how strong your immune system really is mm -hmm. with secretory IgA. So to answer your question, I would say a lot of people without I run GI map stool test, have low pancreatic enzyme production. Hmm. Now, what would cause that? Nervous system dysregulation, yeah. first of all. Yeah. If you're if you're in fight or flight, you're not in rest and digest. And when you're in rest and digest, your stomach will start gurgling, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It'll start producing all it'll help detox. Your body can't detox and produce stomach acid and stomach enzymes and digestive acid unless your nervous system is not in fight or flight. Mm. So that would be like the first thing that when I see signs of low stomach acid and compromised detoxification, I'm like, okay, first things first, we got to chill you out. Mm -hmm. We got to bring your nervous system down, particularly when you're about to eat Yeah, and the, the hours following it, not running off to the next meeting or eating while you're at a meeting or eating in the car. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, man, so much good stuff there. And building off of that, as people address those things and as you kind of see their markers go the way that, that you want to see them and they start feeling better. I mean, um, as, as they are doing that, they're also starting this new way of eating, right. Of fueling the body. How do you suggest people start introducing food that is going to help their, their gut. Yep. So a lot of people actually come to me where they're literally restricting foods. They're gluten-free, they're dairy-free and they're bragging about it. They're like, Oh my God, I've been gluten-free, dairy-free. I I'm plant-based. Yeah. Right. And we could talk about my opinions on that. But so what I like to do is like help ground their nervous system and recondition that, hey, it's not the food that's the problem. Now, granted, if you're eating processed foods and you're eating at Applebee's, we're going to have that. That's where we go first. Yeah. But most people, when they actually find me and they come to me and they want to do this deep work, have tried a million different diets, have restricted so many foods that now they have this phobia mm. of food. Mm -hmm. They think everything makes them sick, mm -hmm. right? And makes their stomach gassy and bloated. And where I start is like, I'm like, hey, got it. We need to eat clean. We need to eat organic, get the glyphosate out of the food, no pesticides, herbicides, no processed foods, no seed oils, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Let's make sure your food's clean. But a lot of people are already doing that. Mm -hmm. Not a not in the general population, but the people that, you know, yeah. are already on this path are already doing that. And so what I like to do in situations with people like that is like really help refocus like, hey, it's not necessarily the food. Food's really important. The quality of foods, the type of foods, eating warm foods mm -hmm. versus like cold raw foods during certain seasons, eating seasonal foods. Mm -hmm. We can open up that whole canister with people when they're ready. Mm -hmm. But where I start 
is just getting their digestive juices back, getting them on stomach enzymes if they're low on stomach enzymes, getting them on hydrochloric acid if their stomach acid is low, mm-hmm. helping them with digestive bitters if their bile flow is low, and their tolerance to food inevitably improves. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's where I would start. And then from there, when they have more tolerance and variety in food, then I start bringing in diversity, diversity, diversity not falling into eating the same exact thing every single day yeah. or the same five foods every single day, really branching out and eating different things so that you're, micro, you're feeding your microbiome all of that diversity. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it kind of depends on when people are coming at me, but if they're already coming at me and they're eating super processed foods, there's likely a practitioner behind me or two behind me that have worked through all of that stuff. Yeah. And then they still have digestive issues and they're frustrated. And I'm like, okay, got it. It's less about the food and it's more about a bacterial overgrowth or a fungal overgrowth or a bile flow issue. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's Mm -hmm. all different. Talk to me about how that diversity, because that's a common theme that I've, I've seen in my research and learning about gut health is that it really comes down to diversity of plants is one of the big themes that comes out in gut health. Talk to me about how that's related to prebiotics. Yeah, so those are the prebiotics. Mm-hmm. Vegetables, fiber is what feeds the gut bacteria to then produce the the butyrate or the short-chain fatty acids or the B vitamins. Like A lot of your nutrients actually come from the bacteria in your gut, okay? Dude, so that is have- right there. So... People need to hear that, right? So you mentioned that the prebiotic, the diversity of plants is the food, uh, obviously, but it's also the food that not only feeds your body, but it feeds the bugs that are inside of your gut. So these good bugs eat that prebiotic fiber and then they produce chemicals. The bugs, the foreign little aliens inside of your body consume food, then release gases or yeah, yeah. Whatever they, uh, they release serotonin. Yeah, yeah. Okay, neurochemicals. Okay, one to two rounds of antibiotics, and I'm going to butcher this study. I don't know if it was like fifty to sixty percent, but it's a significant percentage of people that undergo antibiotic treatment within the course of a year will develop anxiety or depressive disorders. Okay. And that totally makes sense when you realize that your gut is your second brain, mm-hmm. okay? In fact, I think we're going to realize it's our first brain um, eventually, yeah. right? I think all of our thoughts and feelings and things come from the gut. And the best way I can prove that is, is when you hear bad news, someone's passed away or got in a car accident, where do you feel it first? First. Yes, dude. Yeah. It's in the gut, okay? So if you wipe out a bunch of keystone bacteria, in your body because you had a UTI infection or a sinus infection where you had a localized infection in one particular part of your body. And then your doctor gave you a broad spectrum antibiotic to wipe out all of your beneficial gut bacteria. Yeah. Then you're, you're going to have difficulties with thinking yeah. with emotions, with feelings, because you wiped out the thing that produces them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So GI map can kind of tell you where you're at in that range, whether it's a bacterial undergrowth or you have too much bacteria. So I can kind of tailor prebiotic po- um, prebiotic and probiotic and postbiotic recommendations based upon what I'm seeing yeah. in your microbiome from this test. And everyone's is completely different and they're experiencing similar symptoms. So I can have some two people that have constipation and one of them has constipation because they don't have enough gut bacteria and the other one has overgrowth of bacteria hmm. because they've been slamming sauerkraut and they're just like, <laughs> I don't, I, I just like, I take a prebiotic stuff and now they got way too much, right? So it's finding a balance and it can be really helpful if you've had chronic GI issues just to get a test so that you can figure out where to start with. Because prebiotics is not where I start with most people. Mm-hmm. Ramping up their fiber is not always where I start yeah. with most people um, because it can really make conditions worse if bacteria is overgrowth is the source of their problem. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If they're dealing with bacteria overgrowth and you start introducing a bunch of prebiotics, you're just going to feed that and and perpetuate the symptoms. 
Yeah. Very interesting, man. Let's move into, we don't have too much time left, but you have so much knowledge in regards to just like wellness tips and hacks and immunity and sleep and stuff. Let's go into some of that, man. Talk to me. And I, I love, I highly recommend everyone listening, go check out Michael's, um, Instagram page, tons of great tips and great content. Like you're, you're very good at what you do, my friend. Um, Thank you. yeah, man. Talk to me about some of like your, your go-to wellness tips. And this can be, I'm just going to kind of let you take this. This could be, um, uh, immunity related, sleep related, um, stress related, really anything. But, but what are some of your go-to patterns or habits or tips or hacks? So, uh, first one that comes to mind is oiling your sinuses okay <laughs> i think most people aren't doing this most people have heard that and are like what is that yes, so dude, i love this to bring full circle into this accutane situation dried out my body dried out my sinuses dried out my skin and this is like somewhat of a permanent thing and as you age you enter into what ayurveda calls your vata season you act naturally start drying out that's what makes your skin wrinkly is that you're not producing enough sebum anymore. So naturally the body as you age, it intuitively starts to dry out. And there are people that are more vata dry based constitutions that need this oil more than others, right? And the sinus is like your first line of defense in the body. Preferably you're breathing through your, your nose mm -hmm. all day long, mm -hmm. right? Which is a whole separate podcast yep. on its own, but tape your mouth shut before you go to bed because if you're a mouth breather, you're going to cause all sorts of gut issues and neurological issues because your breath is supposed to come in through the sinuses and your sinuses should be healthy, should act like a humidifier that can temperature regulate the moisture in the air. Um, yeah, it's like a really intelligent microbiome in its own, the sinus microbiome. Hmm. When you're not breathing in through the sinuses and you're a mouth breather, um, you sleep with your mouth open, then the, the colonies of bacteria don't get the oxygen necessary. And so it starts producing lots of bad bacteria and you get lots of sinus congestion, right? And so I've just had a history with sinus issues and it started when I was a kid, I would get sinus infections and all this stuff. And what I really realized is like, you have to treat this like you do your oral health, like brushing your teeth every day, hmm. right? You have to do something to take care of your sinuses and clear it out because you're breathing all sorts of stuff, yeah, mold, environmental toxins, pollutants, gas particles, it's all going up in the sinuses, right? So if people have lots of dark circles under their eyes and they got lots of brain fog and you can just hear it in their voice that they're congested, the first thing I like to do is start oiling the sinuses because when the sinuses get really dried out, they get really inflamed. And when they get really inflamed, your airway gets really small. And when your airway gets really small, you don't get enough oxygen up there. And if you don't get enough oxygen up there, then you start getting bad bacteria, mm -hmm. overgrowth, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I start. Mm -hmm. Now, one of my favorite products for this is a company called Baraka. They sell them at the Sacramento Natural Foods Co-op. You can find them on Amazon. They make a dry nose oil mm -hmm. and it comes in like a little tincture and you can put it on the tip of your finger and then just literally like pick your nose, stick it up in your nose and start lubricating the the, the beginning passage. Yeah. And if you want that extra hydration and support, you go and lay your head off the side of a bed, drip your head all the way back and then stick it in your sinuses. For those that want to like get deeper sinus health and have had sinus congestion or are recovering from colds or get frequent colds, I have tons of videos on how to decongest your sinuses naturally, how to deal with sinus infections without antibiotics. Like it'll change your life when you can actually breathe through your sinuses well and they're moist and hydrated because a lot of people with anxiety and like sensitivities to light, mm -hmm. think about where that is in your body. If you look at a sinus picture on Google right now, you'll see it covers the whole surface area of the face. Mm -hmm. And so if that's dry or inflamed, you're going to feel it like it's in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. So that would, number one, Oil your sinuses every morning and every night to keep it moist, to keep it um, not inflamed and to have a healthy microbiome up there. Morning and night. Morning and night. Because you're going to be breathing through your sinuses all night long. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be breathing through your sinuses all day long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that is one of my favorite immunity tips is throat sprays and sinus oil. Mm. Because think about the first symptoms that you get when you get a cold. Yep. 
it's usually a sore throat, Mm -hmm. right? You feel it in your throat first. And that's likely because you've like, you've been drying out these mucous membranes because it's really dry this time of year, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's really cold and really dry. Okay. So you want to keep the sinuses moist, warm, and hydrated. Mm. Okay. And when you do that, it creates like a protective oily layer in your sinus cavities and in your throat that will make it so that when you do breathe in environmental things that don't want to make its way in your body, they don't bind on to the tissue. They, mm. You have a barrier system that prevents you. I can't tell you how many times I've prevented myself from getting sick because I carry around a throat spray with me. Mm-hmm. And personally, I just love Beekeepers Naturals Propolis yes, spray. Yes, I got some of that myself. Yep. I keep one in my car. I keep one on my bed stand, right? In case I wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh man, I feel a little like maybe I was mouth breathing or something like that or just feels dry, Yeah. right? Spray that back there, recoat it, rehydrate it, oil the sinuses before you go to bed so that you don't degrade that moisture barrier, which will make you immune or less immune to things in your environment. I love that. I love that beekeepers probably spray too. Um, I spray that in my kid's mouth usually every day and they love it because it kind of tastes like honey. It tastes like a little water. Oh, down. The best. Yeah, dude, it's the best. And it's like, I never knew what that compound was. But yeah, you could probably explain it better than me. It's like the doormat of a bee's hive. They like put propolis Mm -hmm. like at the entrance and then every bee that comes like dips their feet into it to like clean off and like utilize the antifungal antiviral properties. Right. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's freaking sweet, dude. And then you ingest that and it's like a superfood supplement really antibacterial antiviral really really potent for that and it's also really helps strengthen and fortify the boundaries in the hive as well Mm. so can be really effective for the boundaries in our body the leakiness in the gut the leakiness in the sinuses so Mm. uh, can be really effective for establishing healthy boundaries between you and the outside environment love that okay the other thing is is get enough sun Mm -hmm. okay Particularly first thing in the morning, what you want to do is you want to get out and get as much natural light on your skin, in your eyes as much as possible. And the reason why is, is sun and light coming in through the eyes stimulates cortisol production, which is what you want. You want to feel energized in the morning, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it starts a whole cascade. It actually helps produce more melatonin, which is your sleep hormone at night simply by getting out and exposing your eyes to sun first thing in the morning. It like sets the circadian clock. Mm -hmm. Our bodies, our organs, all of them run on the circadian rhythm of the sun based upon light. Now, one of the most modern recent inventions has been artificial light. Mm -hmm. So now we can extend daylight hours beyond what they naturally would have, which side effects of that, sleep issues insomnia, trouble falling asleep, trouble staying asleep, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then as an incident of that, you see rises of Alzheimer's and neurological conditions happen. Now, why do you think that's related? Because when we sleep, our brain has a glymphatic system, very similar to the lymphatic system, which is like the sewer system of your body. It's this fluid in your body that has all these pathways that requires movement and stimulation in order for it to flush these things out. So if you feel in your neck right now, Mm -hmm. you can feel a bunch of nodes. You have hundreds Mm -hmm. of nodes, lymph nodes in your body that collect this fluid. And so in the middle of the night, when you're sleeping in deep sleep, your brain cleans itself through this glymphatic system, mm-hmm. okay? And so if you're not getting deep restful sleep because you're exposing your eyes to artificial light and when you expose your eyes to artificial light, your body keeps producing cortisol, your energy hormone, and it suppresses melatonin, your sleep hormone, then you're not gonna get into those deep stages of sleep. You're gonna wake up frequently in the middle of the night. You're just gonna like hover around this light uh, transient type of sleep where you're constantly in and out right? Mm -hmm. So my favorite recommendation for this is just start lighting candles around the house. First of all, you don't have to go out and buy some super expensive red light, Mm -hmm. although I have them because (laughs) they're really, really great, right? But just to start, bring fire into the home, right? Moving up to Nevada City has been really great because now I live in a forest and like everyone burns fires in the house to keep warm. 
And I really feel like that's a critical thing that's missing in our evening time routine is gathering around fire. Hmm. That infrared light from the fire is so calming yes. to the nervous system. At that angle okay. too, I'm sure affects the the yep. circadian rhythm as well. Yep. Because artificial light coming from above you yeah. is twice if not 10 times more detrimental to your um, cortisol and your melatonin production just based upon where the light source is. Mm. So if you're flicking on light switches in the kitchen every time you go in there at night or in your bedroom, you have light source coming from above you, your body thinks that that's the sun. Yeah. It's noon? It it thinks it's day. Yeah. Yeah. It's noon right now, (laughs) right? We're supposed to be going to sleep. There's no... Exactly. And so that's where plaques start to build up in the brain and cause Alzheimer's Mm. and dementia. I mean, that's a pretty broad statement, but I truly believe it's because the brain's not cleaning itself and the brain's not cleaning itself because it's not getting ample melatonin and it's not getting ample melatonin because you're exposing your eyes to artificial light all the way up until you go to bed. You got a cell phone that you're staring at, you got Netflix on in the background and you got a ceiling light on and you wonder why you got sleep issues. Yeah. And isn't melatonin produced in the gut? Yes. So they got yes. gut issues and the artificial yeah. light, and then they're complaining about the sleep. 100%. Mm-hmm. So, the, and sleep will do more for you than any supplement ever can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bed rest is what doctors used to recommend with complex chronic illnesses because <laughs> they realize how important it is mm-hmm. to sleep. And so many people have sleep issues and we could do an entire separate podcast mm-hmm. on just sleep. Mm-hmm. But my biggest tips for that is block out the artificial light coming in through the eyes and wear blue blocking glasses, mm-hmm. not the cheap ones that you can buy on Amazon that still look see-through. Yeah. Like literally if I had, they're like right amber. behind me, like amber or red, Yeah, red so that everything you look out of is red. Yeah, dude. Okay. That's the key. And then for me, I got um, incandescent uh, red light bulbs in uh, some of the lamps in the house in the main rooms that I need to go so that you can walk around there. I have a fire. I keep all the lights dim. When sun goes down, it's just time to start winding the body down. Yes. All of my energy production happens first thing in the morning. 9, 10 a.m. is when your cortisol is at its highest. Yeah. Have your workout that time of the day have the most productive part of your day. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening, you got to start winding that down. Yep. Okay. You got to start the unwinding process hours before you go to sleep, not 45 minutes before you go to bed. I'm going to go stretch for a little bit. Yes. No. Yes. It's got to start when the sun goes down. You got to start winding it down, cut off your eating window. Mm-hmm. But by the time the sun goes down and then you're fasting, until you break your fast breakfast in the morning, mm-hmm. right? You're taking the stress off the body. You're stopping digestion. You're stopping input. You're stopping the social media. You're stopping yes. the Netflix so that your body has ample time to process your day so that by the time you rest your head on the pillow at night, mm-hmm. you're you're done. Yes. Yeah. So much wellness can be achieved through just aligning our day with the the cycle of the sun and the moon. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Simple, but it's yep. yeah, it, it's difficult in this day and age, I guess, with all the distractions. Man, um, we could talk for a long time. We're gonna have to do. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to do a couple episodes of this, and I, I find myself saying to that, saying that to guests often. Um, so, dude, Rad, Michael, what what is next for you, man? Where where are you taking this? Um. So, what I'm being called to do is to host retreats, host gatherings, something that we didn't even touch on in here, but something that's been like my gift since I was a little kid is like bringing groups of people together. Hmm. Like, oh, do you know Roselle? Oh, you should meet Anna. Mm -hmm. She's awesome. And then next thing you know, we have 14, 15 people gathering for a potluck. And the reason why I think that is so important coming out of a post-COVID era where literally we like fear human interaction and contact is we have to heal that. We have to heal that this year and moving forward, we have to like start gathering in community again because there's an exchange of information happening on a microbiome level, on an energetic level, on just like a cerebral level. Like you have things that I need to know. Yes. The only reason this podcast even happened today is because I met you at a housewarming party. Yes. 
Yes, okay? man. Social media is great, but there's something missing about feeling a person in person and learning and like smelling and getting mm -hmm. Nick in mm -hmm. to my biome somehow. You know yeah, what I mean? Like dude. I'm changed by just being around these people. And when I leave there, my gut feels better. My sleep's more sound. There's just something that I don't think I'm going to be able to figure out in my lifetime of what happens yes. when we hug each other and when we hang out with each other and play games and play like mm -hmm. that's the real medicine that I've realized. You know, I thought it was in supplements and supplements are great. Yeah. And you need minerals and electrolytes. Don't get me wrong. All things are true, Yes, but nothing is going to reproduce the feeling of what it feels like to have deep belly laughter with friends. Amen, dude. Amen, Michael. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And um, let me know when those retreats start occurring because the, that is your gift as well. I just want to affirm that in you. We haven't known each other for super long, but that night where we did meet, we played Mafia, which was my first time playing Mafia. <laughs> Shout out everyone who knows the game of Mafia. Michael was... Dude, you you were the expert. It was just like it was so effortless for you and it was so um just natural for you to to be in that environment and help us all kind of learn the game and then facilitate the game. Then the way you played the game, like I learned so much from watching you play two rounds of that game that I'm like, dang, if I'm ever at a party, I'm gonna know right. And like it was so natural for you and organic for you to to I don't know, just be the facilitator of that. So I just want to affirm that, like that vision, that calling that you have of of doing that. It's just it's evident in your energy, your smile, like your your whole persona, man. So so please bring that to the world. It's needed, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Where can people find you online, man? Michael Angel Wellness is my Instagram handle. MichaelAngelWellness.com is my website. You can, uh, Instagram is probably my favorite. I mean, I'm on yeah. TikTok, but it's just like reproducing stuff like that. I mean, that's a whole dumpster fire over there of mm -hmm. people that are just dealing with <laughs> chronic health issues. So I really want to get that information out there. But Instagram is like the most personal insight into what's going on in my personal life. And I share so much wellness information on there. So you can find me there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I said, awesome content highly recommend people check you out man michael thank you thanks so much for doing this dude i appreciate it thanks Nick. all right guys peace a special thanks to king's kaleidoscope for the music heard throughout this episode also a big shout out to capital floats aka my favorite sensory deprivation and float tank facility in northern california i'm a frequent user there and the experience is always transformative to say the least if you're interested in floating and live in Northern Cal, make sure you use promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout on their website. You'll save a whopping 40% off your first float and you will not find that deal anywhere else. Also, in regards to some of the content shared in these episodes, make sure you always consult your doctor before making any sudden diet or lifestyle changes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at nick.carlisle or send me an email nick at mylifeenchanted.com. Yeah.